Hello there, and welcome to episode 89 of the Sports and Spirituality Show, brought to you in part by the Fairfield County Sports Network and our friends at Price Custom Homes. Yep, that's Greg and Mitch Price. They're the Price Brothers, and they can help you from beginning, middle, and end of your building process. They'd love to hear from you. So you can go to their website, PriceCustomHomes.com, contact them there, and find out how they can help you, as they have helped us to be able to broadcast the Sports and Spirituality Show, and we so appreciate them joining us uh, and allowing this to happen uh, here on uh, places like Spotify and other podcasting platforms and at WLRY 88.9 Radio for Life every Saturday morning at 11 a.m. Thank you, Greg and Mitch Price, for sponsoring the SAS, the Sports and Spirituality Show. My name is Steve Rowan, our regular co-host on this podcast is a lady who often has uh, waves of emotion throughout her life. Her knowledge is as vast as the sands of the sea. And when we talk about sports, she often says, what the shell is going on? She is the associate director of the Tree Young Adults. She is Kelsey Bull. Welcome back to the Sports and Spirituality Show podcast and episode 89. Hi, Steve. Is any of that true? Um, Did you pick up on a theme there? I picked up on the theme, oh, but then hallelujah. when I'm thinking through your theme, I don't think about what you're saying, so I don't I see. You, remember. You're spending so much time the trying to figure out. The theme is the beach, right? Exactly. Uh-huh. And didn't you recently go to the beach? I did. I, I thought I you did. did. I did. And uh, I think you you weren't with us uh, for episode 88 because Correct. you were at the beach. I was. And uh, so, uh, yeah. I mentioned um, you have lots of waves of emotion. Sure. Is that true? Sure. Uh, you consider yourself a very emotional woman? No. <coughs> well, maybe, maybe. But I have emotions. Maybe you have uh, light laps of emotion and not waves. <laughs> oh, okay. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, is your knowledge as vast as the sands of the sea? <laughs> no. No? So I was wrong about that? Yeah. So you're pretty dumb. I mean, that's so you're not what I would say, <laughs> but it's like you would say. <laughs> so you're really glad Lucy is smart like Josh. I'm so glad Lucy <laughs> At least your mom smart. is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. My least, mom is too. <laughs> at least your mom's excited about that. Uh, and, and you know what? Now so am I. <laughs> I'm very excited about that as well. Um, and then uh, when it comes to sports, do you often find yourself saying what the show's going on? Um, <laughs> no, I've never said that. that. You haven't? No. But you ever find yourself in that situation? Uh, no, I feel like I do comprehend sports more than you want to believe I do. Oh, yeah. Well, I, yeah, I think you've proven it for 89 episodes. You really don't know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, I, I love it that you live in this delusional world. Speaking oh, of sports, so much. Mm-hmm. we're going to have a, a guest on later uh, on the show, if it's okay with you. Yes. Uh, a guy who knows a lot about basketball. Uh, as a matter of fact, he's probably our first international guest ever. That's exciting. On the podcast. Um, He's uh, from somewhere across the pond, and uh, he's had a vast array of experience when it comes to basketball, like national championships and state competitions and and, um, college uh, stuff, uh, and uh, um, maybe special presentations as well. His name is Sam Sicily. Uh, not Sicily, because he's not from Italy. Uh, he's from another place across the pond. Uh, and so uh, he's agreed to join us. Uh, are you comfortable with that? would love to have him. Will you understand anything he's saying? I hope so. Okay. Well, you might not. Cause he's got a little bit of an accent. So uh, we'll see uh, what happens there. We're going to bring Sam on uh, uh, this podcast. So glad uh, that he's willing to join us here today. 
So, uh, <clears throat> yes, you went to the beach. How did that go? I did. It went good, but I need to address something. Okay, go right ahead. Episode 89. Yeah. I love the number 89. Do you really? Yeah, I was born in 1989. Oh. One of Taylor Swift's albums is 1989. Oh, yes. I had there had to be a Swifty connection. (laughs) So, because Taylor was also born in 1989. Oh. Is this one of the reasons you love her? That you, uh, uh, same age, you kind of... Yeah, I mean, I think the same age. I don't know that it's like everyone born in 1989 I love. But, um, yes, I do think that helps with the connection with her. Yeah. Um, Uh, And you've also dated a lot of guys and wrote songs or poems about them. (laughs) After you broke up with them. No, I've never. No, okay. And uh, so why do you hate people from 1989? (laughs) Okay, we're moving on. But I just would like to say... Well, that's what you said. You just said that. I didn't say that at all. You did. You said, I don't love everybody from 1989. Yeah, meaning like just because you were born in 1989 isn't a reason for me to love you. Uh, Right. Okay. But that doesn't mean I hate them. Yeah, there is a reason to love them. Okay. Because you said the word born. They were born in 1989. Okay. So they're a human being. Okay. Right? Here we go. And so don't I'm not we- <laughs> trying to say I hate them. I just am trying to say that the year you were born is not a qualifying factor in my love or care for you as uh-huh. a human. Yeah, you should, though. Oh, sure. We should care I should and about love everyone. All humans. Yeah. Whatever, regardless of mm-hmm. the year they were born. Kelsey, I was born in 1965. Are you eliminating all people from 1965? Um. No, the no. answer's no, <laughs> I know, I had to think about it. You were born in 1965, so it I had was. to think about it. Yeah, it's a true story. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you love the number 89. Yeah, anyways. Mm-hmm. Yes, because of those two reasons. Are there other reasons? No. Nope. Awesome. I'm really glad that uh, <laughs> that you said that. We haven't talked about the numbers in a we while. We haven't. Right. That's what I was like. Exci- I've been <laughs> um, highly anticipating number 89 for a while, and I wasn't on episode 88, right? but... Josh, my husband, was born in 1988, oh, so that's what I think of when I think so of So you love some people from 1988. Yeah, some of them. <laughs> yeah, right. You hate the others. I, I, it's just a terrible system you have. <laughs> it's not a system. <laughs> it's not. We, nope, not okay. a system. Uh, all right. Anyways, the beach. Yes, tell me about that. It was great. Um, what made it great? I was with my family, so it was Josh, uh, my daughter Lucy, and son Wade, and I. Just the four of you. Just the four of us. Um, Did you say my four no more? Uh, nope, never no. have said that. Okay. <laughs> All right. <What> <laughs> but you can <laughs> if you want to. My four no more? See, you just said it. Hallelujah. Yeah, Good for you. what? <laughs> um, I don't get it. Um, just the four of you went no more than that. But we would have loved to have other people join us. Well, that's not what you said. You just said my four and no more. <laughs> So, because yeah. I was repeating <laughs> you. Oh, goodness. Uh, <laughs> we're we off to a swimming start here. We went to the Pardon beach. The I love yeah. the beach. Yeah. You did that on purpose. <laughs> <Maybe>. <laughs> Why would you say pardon it if you did it on purpose? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, you know, people say no pun intended. I often say yeah. pun intended. Yes. 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 So, I believe it. <laughs> you went to the beach with... Your family. I did. Your immediate family. Yes, my immediate family. Um, We had great weather. We had a great time together. I got to read some books. Yeah. um, Got to watch some TV. Uh Uh-huh. You know, it just was a really good week overall. Yeah. I think with um, 
a little bit of perspective on the back end of the trip you know I my oldest is five years old and I still recall what vacationing was like before kids or even with only one kid and she was younger and I'm sure at the time it felt so difficult but like each time feels a little bit more difficult or there are just new challenges with them at certain ages and um you know, I came back from the trip and I was thinking about it. We got back Sunday night and I was thinking about it on our trip home and um, even into Monday and having conversations because plenty of friends are super gracious and care and ask, how was the trip? And it, I, I was really wrestling internally because I was like, it was great. I had a really great week. We had a really fun week. Um, you know, for the most part, everyone stayed healthy. My daughter started the week with pink eye. Oh. Um, so that was a bit of a bummer, but we got our medication before we left and um, it cleared up throughout the week. But for the most part, everyone was healthy. We had a safe, safe, safe travels. You know, we were safe in all the activities. Um, but I just had this feeling of like, I don't feel how I wanted to feel coming home from a vacation. Um, and I think what it boiled down to was vacations used to feel really restful and like a break. Um, and they just don't feel that way when you have littles. Yeah. And unless you don't take them with you, <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> which is kind of defeats the purpose of having a family, family vacation. vacation. Right. Yeah. I know. And so I just had this feeling and thankfully through processing it with some friends that I came to like I just kind of felt like I had failed vacation like we did this really fun week and I loved it and don't wish in any way that it would have been different but like I don't have the feeling I was expecting to have at the end of the week and I think it was like we would get through the end of the day and the primary activities for us were um, beach and pool because we were in a condo complex right across from beach access and a really beautiful pool. And um, the kids did a pony ride and we took a little pirate themed boat ride for the kids and um, went out to eat and we had a ton of fun. Um, Josh and Lucy each took some individual golf lessons and it was a great week. And so I just was like, nothing should be wrong. And I think what I was what I was coming to realize is one, I had some unrealized expectations and two, where, where did I buy into, um, the messaging that I have to come back feeling refreshed and refilled and refueled. Like I'm a new person and like this vacation solved all my problems. And, um, I think that's a, a very probably Americanized privileged, like way of thinking or expectation and so it was so helpful um to feel like I could name it and some friends were like you did not fail vacation like you're great like it was a good week and you can look at it and say like it was a great week you had so much fun you can be so thankful for that but also like vacations are not the fix-all and they don't feel like they felt five years ago before you were a parent and that's okay. Um, and so that was helpful. And I think brought me a lot of peace because inside I just was wrestling with this feels different. What is off? Does that make any sense or resonate with you? Uh, it, it does. Now the difference between you and me mm -hmm. is you love this idea of laying on the beach, reading yes. a book, falling asleep, maybe <laughs> on occasion getting in the water if it gets you get a little too hot sure um, yeah. Sitting, uh, yeah i know because i'm married to one that's identical to I that i love stays and 
So my idea is going out in the water for a couple of hours, riding boogie boards, trying to maybe learn how to surf, um, uh, finding bicycles and riding all over the beach, getting a motorcycle for the day and exploring that part of the area getting on horseback ride and uh, uh, going uh, um, around the area, uh, going to a, a, a go-kart track mm-hmm. and uh, beating my entire family, uh, th- that kind of stuff. Uh, oh, sure. That, uh, I'm very active. And for me, that's refreshing mm-hmm. because it's a different setting. It's something I don't mm-hmm. typically do, uh, that kind of thing. So, um, so I completely understand that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I do really believe the largest challenge as it relates to stress in most human beings' lives is that what you just said, unrealized expectation. Mm-hmm. We set the expectation at a place that's not realistic. And so when we don't achieve it, we're like, there's fail. Yes. Uh, epic fail on the vacation. This No, mm-hmm. it wasn't. Mm-hmm. It's different. Yes. And then I think very wise of you to process that. Well, why do I feel the way that I feel? Why do I feel like uh, this was wrong? Uh, some, something I'm doing something wrong, uh, and and I, I just don't think that's true at all. And let's face it, life is much different when you have little human beings that <laughs> will die if you don't take care of them. Uh, <laughs> and so uh, it there's inherent stress in that, mm-hmm. right? You're taking the kids to the beach. You don't want them to drown. They're yep. going in the pool. If they don't know how to swim real well, you're worried about that. So it's not like you can just sit back in that lounge chair and go, go off have and do fun. your thing. Now, uh-huh. uh, in a few years, you'll be able to do for that, sure, right? For sure. And you'll get that same feeling about, oh, I remember when, when you and I were married mm-hmm. and didn't have children, mm-hmm. and we can't. Uh, you, you're going to get back to that. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I'm going to share a little something with you that uh, Steve and Stacy are knocking on that door really hard right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that, yes, uh, it, it is a season of time. It is. And so if you can redefine right. what this season looks like, yes. then it, it you don't have an unrealized expectation. You and not a, compare it to right. what it was and appreciate it for yep. what it is. We got to live in the present. We do. And if we say, oh, I, I'm expecting to feel this way like I did five years ago, mm-hmm. uh, it, it, that's not, it, it's not realistic to think that. Right. And, and and that doesn't mean it's bad. It right. means it's different. Yes. Right? Yes. Uh, and so we embrace the different thing that mm-hmm. it is because uh, I know you. Uh, mm-hmm. And I know that you loved it, that mm-hmm. you got to spend extra time. Uh, you go to the office, so you're not always with your kids. Yes. Uh, you yes. are involved in other Bible studies mm-hmm. uh, that don't include your kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're away from your husband. Um, mm-hmm. y- y- so you love the fact that you got some of that time back. I really do. I like know. I love the quality time with them. Yes. It was exactly. great. Exactly. And so that's really uh, the focus. Is it a different expectation? It is. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we spend time focusing on the things that really made it wonderful. Uh, then you end up um, saying, yep, that was awesome, and I don't need uh, to feel some level of guilt about uh, what um, I did or didn't do Mm -hmm. um, in this situation. So, uh, yeah, uh, I'm glad you were able to process through that and have a wonderful time at the beach. Uh, I think we've talked about this. There's mountain people and beach people. Mm -hmm. I think Steve and Kelsey are beach people. We are. Yeah. And uh, so we'll look forward to being there again uh, sometime uh, in the near future. Uh, You were talking to me about your family um, and my son, uh, my only son, Mm -hmm. my youngest child, Mm -hmm. has made a life decision. I cannot wait to hear. Now, do you know what this life decision is? I don't, but Uh a little context. Yeah. 
is he recently graduated high school. He did. Just a couple months ago. Yes. And I'm assuming is has been in the process of trying to decide what he is doing post high school. He is. He's been in that. And you've worked with lots and lots of high schoolers. Right. And you can understand. Some of them know. I mean, they wake up uh, the morning of their first day in high school and go, this is what I'm going to be, and this is what I'm going to do, and I'm going to go get it. Yes. Um, and then some uh, wake up after they graduate high school going, oh, crap, now what do I do? Mm-hmm. Right? And my son's probably more in that category. Okay. He had a general idea. He thought, um, as a matter of fact, he talked to me about it. He said, Dad, I think I'm going to go in the education field so I can become a football coach and athletic director. Mm-hmm. The reason he wanted to be a football coach and athletic director, I give 100% of the credit to a guy named Anthony Turner and another guy named Marcus Barton. Those were his two football coaches at Fairfield Christian Academy. I might also give credit to Evan Saunders. All three of these guys are black, and they're super important to me because it was really important that my son see a guy that looks like him Mm -hmm. but also loves Jesus, loves football, uh, is a leader Mm -hmm. uh, of men and young people. Uh, It was so important. So 100% credit to Anthony Turner, Marcus Pardon, and Evan Saunders for investing in the life of my son. So he could uh, have a clear image of what a man of color should be and should do. And so I so appreciate that. And so, of course, uh, two of my daughters are teachers, and one is a social worker in a school. So he's like, Dad, it's a family tradition. So I'm going to go to Ohio University of Lancaster. He had decided he didn't want to play football in college, mm-hmm. even though several colleges were after him. One uh, really hard, Marietta College, they really wanted him uh, to come down and play for him, uh, for them. He, he, um, he didn't have the level of passion you have to have in order to play college football because uh, it does require a lot from you. Mm-hmm. And he just didn't have that passion. So, um, And he, he got a job. He works at Jules Daycare. He's helping him with a summer camp. And so he's interacting with kids there. And uh, so he was trying to figure out. He didn't have this deep passion uh, to go into the education field, but he felt like that's a track that he might want to be on. Um, and so uh, one day uh, he got home from work uh, a couple of hours late. And I said, oh, uh, you working over today? And he said, no, um, I got off the regular time. But I went to the recruiter's office. And my wife and I were literally getting ready to walk out the door. And I said, son, uh, we have an appointment to go to. Uh, but uh, when we get back, maybe we can sit down and chat about that. Uh, and he said, yep, I'll be happy to do that. And so we go to the appointment, we come back, and, and we have this uh, discussion. And he says, uh, Mom and Dad, uh, college is not my thing. Now, uh, it's not because of his uh, education level. Uh, he was in the National Honor Society. Uh, he's, he's one sharp cat. Uh, he's, uh, he could go to college, get his degree, uh, become a football coach and athletic director, and uh, do great. I don't think it would fill his cup um, because uh, he um, is he wasn't wired uh, mm-hmm. for that aspect mm-hmm. of it. And he said, also, uh, I've been praying about it, and I think um, this is the direction uh, that I should go. And then I'm going to talk to... Um, my uh, uncle, my wife's brother, 
Uh, and then uh, there's another friend who said he'd be happy to talk to me about uh, the potential for the military. And so um, I felt like he was taking the proper steps to make this decision, mm-hmm. right? You obviously got to talk to the recruiter. Uh, but you need to talk to God about this. Mm-hmm. Uh, you need to talk to your family about this. Mm-hmm. Uh, you need to talk to people who've been there and done that. Mm-hmm. And then you can land on whatever decision you're going to, uh, to land on. Mm-hmm. So uh, he has landed on joining the United States Marines. Oh, my gosh. And wow. so he is working through the process. A lot of paperwork he got to get yes. and uh, all the things he got to do to make this happen. And uh, so he's uh, right uh, in the, the middle of all of that if all of the paperwork comes together like i think that it will um uh, he will be sworn in here in about a week or so and he is scheduled to ship out on august the 14th now that's like two weeks away yes ma'am uh we are recording this on a friday morning i think the 28th of july uh it is oh and uh, yes yeah, okay, so it's like two and a half weeks away well yeah it's just just barely over two weeks away um so Stephen stacy expected to have the empty nest uh, thing happening soon because our youngest daughter sydney got married in february two three two three uh, so she got married in February. That left us one child. We expected this one child to be here at the Rao House for the next four years mm-hmm. while he finished college, and then he was going to get a job and move out and get married and uh, uh, give us more grandchildren and all that. Uh, that's kind of what we thought. <laughs> and then uh, he said, yep, stop by the recruiter's office, and I'm going to join the U.S. Marines. So uh, the recruiter did say, hey, have you talked to your parents about this? And um, he so said, kind of them. Yeah. And he said, uh, no, but I will. They're, they'll be fine with it. And, uh, and, and he was right about that. And are you and Stacy both? Oh, yes. Okay. Yes. Um, so he said, uh, well, I'll be happy to talk to them. So we went over this week uh, to chat with them. Uh, we were there for a little over an hour because Steve and Stacy have a lot of questions. Uh-huh. And uh, so yeah, it was wonderful. I'm super proud of the kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we adopted him from Ethiopia. He was three and a half when he came to America. And literally every time when he was young, people would ask him, what do you want to do when you grow up? He'd say, I want to be an Army man. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know why that was the case. Right. Um, but, um, yeah, that's where uh, I think it's always been in his heart. I have a theory. I have zero way to prove this, mm-hmm. but I just wondered if he was in Ethiopia, maybe somebody in a military uniform mm-hmm. uh, was kind to him and mm-hmm. maybe, uh, you know, uh, created a memory for him mm-hmm. and thought, you know what, uh, uh, that's really cool. I'd like mm-hmm. to be give that feeling to somebody else. I don't know if that's true at all, sure. uh, but I just wonder about it um, because uh, because I, I wasn't military, so it's not like I got a bunch of pictures of me in uniform and you know, that kind of stuff. <laughs> I don't because I, I wasn't in the military. So it wasn't like, oh, this great family tradition uh, roused for generations have been, you know, in the Marines. Um, That just wasn't the case. And so, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Wow. uh, Wow. New adventures coming uh, to the Rao House. Very new. And so we'll be able to to go to the beach, just the two of us. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. And we won't have the distraction of children. You want to take my kids to the beach? Yeah. (laughs) You know what? I would do that for you. I know you would. I would. I would. Because, you know, we're now at the age where it's like, okay, we're going to see each other a lot. Yeah. So maybe we want to take a, a distraction with us, so yes. Lucy and Wade. We'd love to take them yes. uh, to the beach the next time we, uh, that, that we head there. So. Wow. The, okay, I'm going to be honest. There, It seems like there's no, like, sadness 
in this for you. Uh-huh. And um, I, to me, it does evoke some sadness, like thinking about one of my children choosing to join the military. Obviously, um, maybe it's not obvious, but I am extremely grateful for our country's military. Yes. Um, but there is, I think, just a genuine fear within me when someone I know and love and care about or someone who people I know and love and care about someone they love and care about is going into the military and um even over the years like we have had plenty of high schoolers that we have invested in and have been friends with even just this week our good friend Elias left for Navy boot camp and I I mean I could cry right now thinking about it and I have shed many a tears this week and weeks prior because um I think a good amount of it is pride. Like I'm proud of them and I'm so thankful for them and the sacrifice that they're choosing to make and their families are choosing to make. But also like there is fear like in me. And I think a little bit is probably that's how I'm wired. Like I am a natural worrier and I think worst case, excuse me, worst case scenario. But um, I don't know, like that just always fascinates me like to hear different parents reactions to this choice yeah um yeah i don't know so that's just interesting to me yeah yeah well i appreciate you sharing that mm-hmm. um uh, <laughs> i uh, uh i i uh, process things externally uh sure. and some t- some of that internally and i've had uh, a lot of different thoughts on it and mm-hmm. uh feelings and so forth <laughs> uh about it and uh so uh, maybe everything you uh see and hear on this podcast uh is not 100 percent all of the emotions yes sure sure. uh, uh, all of that uh but at the end of the day i know you want this for your Mm -hmm. children and i want for my children Mm -hmm. i want what's absolute best for them Mm -hmm. and to see my son light up when he's telling us about mm-hmm. uh, this decision that he's made because he wasn't really sure what to do. And this, this gives him a clear path. They were going to give him $10,000 signing bonus if he joined the reserves. And he said, look, if I, re- if I join the reserves, I still got to figure out the other things that I'm doing. Sure. So forget it. I'm going full time. Wow. And so uh, I, I'm just so proud of the kid. And so I've chosen uh, to let that be the, the focus of mm-hmm. um my uh, celebration uh, mm-hmm. of what's happening. But yes, I have lots of emotions about it. I expected him to move out. I didn't expect him to move out on August the 14th, 2023. Right. And so that has been probably one of the biggest uh, processors mm-hmm. uh, for me and my wife in this situation. Well, mm-hmm. uh, our guest, I think, is ready to come on the program. Are you ready uh, to bring Sam on the SAS? I sure am. Let's do that. As we promised, our guest, Samuel Sicily, is joining us on the Sports and Spirituality Show. Uh, Thanks for coming on the show, Sam. We really appreciate it. Uh, Thanks for having me on. I'm excited to chat with you guys. Now, wait a minute. That sounds a little bit like you have an accent. Are you from northern Kentucky or uh, (laughs) Alabama? uh, And what, what, uh, what accent am I hearing? Uh, you're close. Um, um, now I'm basically too American to be English and too English to be American. Um, 
So I grew up in uh, Southampton on the south coast of England. Oh, see, there, it was it was a southern accent, but maybe yeah, Southampton. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's not the one you're thinking of. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it wasn't. Yeah, it's not the one you're thinking of, Steve. It's a different South. Uh, thanks for coming <laughs> on with us, man. I really appreciate it. So uh, talk to us about your family um, uh, growing up there in Southampton. Yeah, so uh, great family. Uh, mom and dad. Uh, I had a, my mom and dad uh, lived in the same house the uh, whole time growing up. Uh, I've got one brother, one sister. Um, great childhood, um, and uh, well, loved living there. We lived uh, in Southampton or Eastleigh, which is a, a small town, kind of right near Southampton. It's kind of known for two things. Um, the first one is where the Titanic sailed from, uh, so that's kind of cool and also sad. Yep. Um, and then uh, there's also a famous comedian uh, that's from there too. Um, but yeah, neither were, neither of them are that cool. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what did your parents do for a living there? Uh, so my dad actually stayed home, and this was uh, kind of a time when dads didn't really do that. Uh, my dad stayed home. Uh, my brother, uh, older brother, has cerebral palsy. I see. Uh, so he's in a wheelchair. Uh, so my dad actually stayed home with him, and then uh, my mom was a preschool teacher. Very good. Uh, so yeah, yeah. And yeah. where were you in the pecking order of children? Uh, right in the middle. Yep. <laughs> so. See, they say the most well-adjusted people on the planet are middle children. And yeah, I don't so. know. We're, I'm about to have my third child, so my middle child's kind of the wild one. So we'll see. <laughs> oh, well, maybe he's working on his adjustment, or she is. I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> So, uh, how was life uh, in England when you were growing up? Good. Uh, I enjoyed uh, going to school. I went to a school called Norwood Primary School and then uh, Alderman Quilly Secondary School, uh, two great schools. Um, really, uh, from the time I was about eight, all I really cared about uh, was basketball. Um, so uh, it's, I actually started playing uh, right when the movie Space Jam came out. Um, so uh, really from the time I was eight up until uh, now, basically, <laughs> one uh -huh. of the things I've cared about the most. Outstanding. Uh, with uh, uh, let me ask you this. Have you ever heard of uh, England or Great Britain doing really well in the Olympics in basketball? Uh, not, not right uh, off the top of my head, no. Yeah, you haven't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, England, Great Britain doesn't uh, usually qualify for the Olympics in basketball. Uh, I think they made it in 2012, and that was because it was in London, and uh, they had to let them qualify. Uh, <laughs> so uh, English basketball uh, is not very big. Uh, my team in England, we actually played in the national championship twice. Uh, so one of the best teams in the whole country. Uh, the team name was the Solent Stars, uh, right there on the south coast. And uh, so one of the best teams in the whole country, and we only have practice twice a week. <laughs> so it kind of tells you uh, how big basketball, how uh, much of a high-level basketball is uh, in England. I see. Um, yep. yeah, Probably more that. soccer country, huh? Yeah, exactly. I was the weird kid carrying around a basketball all the time. Uh, so, yeah, carried that with me. It was attached to my hip. Uh, they even made a special award at my secondary school, uh, the Attached at the Hip Award, which was uh, an award for me just carrying my basketball around me all the time. Oh, so uh, like in the NBA, I think Jerry West is called the logo. You might be the logo for English basketball. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, yep. Yeah, uh, so, yeah, great time playing for uh, Stolen Stars. I played uh, from them since I was 11 uh, up until 18. Um, great club. Uh, they've won uh, the men's national championship multiple times now. Um, uh, so great club, uh, great coaches. Um, I was happy to be part of a good club there. Uh, England basketball, uh, they do have school teams, uh, but uh, the more serious sports are in clubs. 
Um, so I was, I was happy to be part of that team there. That's good stuff right there. For just joining us, uh, this is the Sports and Spirituality Show. Our guest all the way from across the pond, uh, but by way of uh, Central Ohio, uh, is Sam Sisley uh, talking to us about his basketball career. So you had some great success there, winning a couple of national championships, but I'm guessing you eventually made it to the United States of America. How was that process? Yes, so basically uh, a lot of people from my club, uh, once they got to 18, a lot of uh, people in our club wanted to kind of come over to America, kind of see how good we really were. Um, One of the big pulls, the big attractions uh, was having practice every day, honestly, uh, having access to an indoor basketball court. It rains a lot in England. Uh, I played outside a lot, and so one of the big pulls was uh, just playing high school basketball actually was uh, almost like a dream come true for uh, a lot of us that played in England, you know, we were so uh, uh, jealous of American sports where uh, you had practice every day or, you know, practice every day except Sunday or whatever. Um, and so uh, our club had a uh, lady that helped people uh, become uh, exchange students um, uh, here in America. Uh, you could actually get placed uh, anywhere in America. And uh, I was uh, picked um, to come to Ohio. Uh, so I ended up at a school called Harvest Preparatory School in Canal Winchester, uh, in, right here in Columbus, or right just outside Columbus. Uh, we had a really good basketball team there. Um, uh, it kind of took me a little bit to uh, get used to uh, the style of play, uh, the American style, uh, especially uh, the style from that school. Uh, it was a lot more like run and gun, uh, a lot more fast pace. Uh, the level of defense was a lot higher here. Um, than it was in England. Um, so it kind of took me a, a kind of an adjustment period across that year. Um, we had some really good players there. I think uh, eight people from the team played in college somewhere. Um, so a re- really good team there. We played uh, all the way to the Division Four state championship. And actually, it was the only game we lost the whole year. How about that? So state yeah, runner-up. Yeah. So this guy is a national champion in England and a state runner-up in uh, the state of Ohio. That's pretty good uh, basketball acumen right there. Then uh, you mentioned yeah. eight players went off to college. Was Sam Sisley one of those? Yeah, so um, I was lucky enough to uh, keep playing there, um, even with uh, kind of a limited role on such a good team there. Um, I was still able to uh, – keep going on to the next level um it was a small college i played for ohio christian university it's in circleville ohio um again i was really just uh extremely uh blessed and happy to uh be able to keep playing the game that i love so much um so uh it was kind of a lower level of uh, college basketball um i played in the uh, ncaa which is You've obviously heard of the NCAA. It's right. similar to that, but uh, just for Christian schools. Correct. Um, we had some good teams there. Um, we played in the national tournament a uh, few times when I was there. Um, I had I was kind of a backup point guard there. I played maybe uh, 10 to 15 minutes a game somewhere there. Um, but, again, I was happy to just keep playing, uh, keep uh, continuing to play uh, the sport there. So, yeah. That's good um, stuff right there. And what did you study at Ohio Christian University? Uh, so I studied uh, teacher education, and uh, actually I'm a teacher now. I'm an intervention specialist, uh, a special education teacher, uh, working with uh, students with disabilities in the Taze Valley School District, uh, Asheville Elementary School. 
Um, it's been a, a really good uh, position for me. I've loved working with those students. Uh, actually, from OCU Ohio Christian, I was in the first class of students that could get your Ohio State teaching license right from the right from the college there. Um, so my wife and I uh, were uh, two of the first students that were able to do that. There was actually only one other uh, student in that cohort, and uh, he was already married. Uh, so my wife pretty much had to pick me. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, she used the process of elimination, I guess. And yeah. So okay, yeah. That worked yeah. out pretty good for you. Yeah. Uh, and my guess is your mom was pretty proud of you for uh, choosing the education route. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was a good example there of uh, being in the education world. Uh, she still is now. Uh, she still lives over in England there, and. Um, yeah, that was uh, they, my mom and dad were both uh, happy that I went into that field. Uh, it's kind of cool uh, when you think about how you end up somewhere. Uh, really, I think the person who planted uh, that idea was a teacher in England, a science teacher, and uh, he just said, "Hey, uh, I think you'd be a good teacher." And my mind was just like, "Oh, down the road there." I don't know if that teacher would have even known. A small side thought for him, but uh, big kind of changed the course of my life there. Yeah, no question about that, and I really appreciate that reminder. Uh, the things that we say do matter. People are listening, and it can literally change the trajectory of their life um, when we speak life into uh, others. Now, I, I've got to ask you, uh, well, first of all, I want to ask you about your family. Uh, you mentioned your wife. Um, is she also in the teaching profession? She is, yeah. She's a high school teacher. Uh, she teaches uh, world history and a global scholars program at uh, Taze Valley High School. Uh, she's been working there since we graduated college, and uh, it's been a great school district and a great place for us to both work. Uh, we have uh, a 10-year-old daughter, a 5-year-old daughter, and then uh, we have a first boy coming in about a week here. Oh, how about so that? Uh... See how, how much that changes things, but... Yeah, we got big gaps in between there, five years in between each one. Yeah, very good. Congratulations yeah. to you on um, a uh, upcoming birth of your son, and uh, what a special blessing that is. How excited are your daughters about having a brother? Oh, they're pumped. Yeah, they're real excited. Uh, they've got lots of fun plans and things they're going to teach him, and so... They're excited, yep. Yes, good work right there. Nice to have the maybe a little built-in babysitter as yeah, well. Yeah, exactly. We started training my oldest for that already. <laughs> <laughs> That's good stuff on your part yeah. right there. Um, yeah. So I have to ask you about this transition. Uh, I think you just said that your family is still in England. Uh, you came over as an exchange student. Sounds to me like you, you stayed most of the time after becoming an exchange student. How did you work through the challenges of being away from your family yeah so uh it was definitely a transition uh kind of a period where uh, i was kind of finding myself as my first time uh, away from home um modern technology does make that a little bit easier um we've got obviously skype and uh different video chats and things like that um i came in 2007 so uh, that was a little bit more limited then uh, but we still had uh some skype and uh some of those video calling things um so that helps some um and then luckily with a big summer break here as teachers uh, we were able to go back to england a lot i think uh, my oldest daughter has been i don't know 15 16 times maybe uh, my wife's been 
I don't know, at least that many times or more. Um, so we do go back a lot. Um, kind of the summer is kind of like a, a reconnection time. Um, but yeah, uh, Ohio has really been uh, the place where I've been able to find myself um, and kind of grow in my Christian faith is something that's been important to me. Um, and so uh, it's been a good spot for me to live and grow and uh, bring up my family here. Wonderful, and we'll ask you about your faith here in just a minute. But I was also wondering: Is your wife uh, from England, or um, <clears throat> do you have? Does your family have dual citizenship? Uh, no, so she is uh, American. She is from Sokoro, Ohio. Uh, she was a big reason why I uh, stayed here. <laughs> um, <laughs> so uh, I kind of for uh, a lot of people kind of use the U.S. or American small college systems. Uh, kind of as a bridge between uh, youth basketball in England because it kind of goes in England there right from youth basketball to full-grown adult men's basketball um, and so uh, a lot of people kind of use that especially small college American teams as uh, kind of like a bridge between those two uh, so I kind of assumed I would go back to England uh, play for my hometown there um, but uh, God had different plans for me and so I end up staying here and uh, got into coaching for a little bit. And uh, um, so, yeah, stayed here. That's what love will do. That's pretty. That's worked out pretty good for you, it sounds like to me, anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. So um, you uh, win a national championship in England a couple of times. You play for the state championship. You play for a couple of uh, national uh, tournaments at Ohio Christian University. And uh, did you eventually make it to the NBA? I did not. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, once I got here, I kind of realized, uh, especially on college teams, kind of everyone was uh, that guy for their high school, you know. Um, so uh, that was kind of an adjustment for me, uh, mindset change, as I kind of realized maybe maybe I'm not actually quite as good as I thought I was, you know. I still love ball school. Uh, it's still a big part of my life and uh, has been over all those years. But uh, I did have to kind of make a transition in my mind there that, I'm not playing as much as I wanted to, even at the small college level. Um, I was I was glad to have the experience, but yeah, it was definitely uh, kind of an adjustment in my mind there to kind of realize I'm not going to play professionally. Uh, it's not going to be my job here, um, but I still wanted to uh, make it a part of my life somehow. Um, so yeah. Yeah. So how have you been able to do that? Yeah. So uh, when I was in college, uh, I went to a church. And I saw a guy named Seth Franco, and he was actually the first white Harlem Globetrotter in 60 years. And uh, he did some ball school tricks up on a stage at the church. It was like a big youth event. Uh, and he did some tricks with like one and two ball schools, kind of spin- spinning and rolling them across his arms, around his head, and some different things. And uh, I was always a pretty good uh, ball handler. Uh, I'm sure I'm five foot eight, and so I'm close to the ground. So I was, I was a pretty good dribbler, um, and so uh, after seeing this guy, uh, I kind of realized I think I could do some of these things pretty easily with some practice. And so uh, my junior and senior year of college, uh, I started practicing uh, different ball handling things with two basketballs and some spinning and juggling and uh, different things with uh, multiple basketballs. At first, I was kind of doing it to improve in regular basketball and then uh, kind of molded and changed and realized that uh, this is something that I could use uh, to kind of inspire youth and uh, do these ball handling shows. 
uh, all over the place. And so uh, uh, I still do this now. I did one uh, a couple of days ago. Um, and so uh, that's been a big part of still using basketball uh, in some way. That, so my tricks kind of start with one basketball uh, with different spinning on both hands. And I go to two basketballs, do dribbling and spinning and rolling with two and then three and then uh, all the way up to four basketballs. And uh, I've been lucky enough to uh, do those ball handling shows all over the country uh, for uh, school assemblies and churches and camps and college basketball games, uh, any lots of different kind of events. And so uh, it's been a cool way for me to stay involved in basketball in some way. Uh, what about uh, March Madness? Did I hear some uh, reference to that, maybe doing it at uh, uh, one or two March Madness things? Yeah, yeah. I've done a few of those uh, over the years, uh, different divisions, men's and women's. Um, so halftime shows or events surrounding March Madness. Um, so yeah, lots. I've been had the opportunity to uh, do these things with ball handling that I wasn't able to do as a player, and so uh, it's been a cool experience for me. And uh, a big part of it's definitely uh, doing it for youth uh, and kids, and kind of showing them that uh, if you put the work in, the practice in, you can get good at whatever it is you're working on. You know. That's a very good example right there. Now, uh, what about coaching? Have you done any of that? Yeah, so uh, right after college, uh, I coached middle school girls and then high school girls. And then I was a volunteer assistant at Ohio Christian there for a year. Um, so those were those were all great experiences. Um, and as my daughter kind of got a little bit older, she's uh, in gymnastics. She's a pretty high-level gymnast. Um, and so uh, didn't want to miss out on uh, some of her events and meets. Um, so... Uh, I still do some uh, skills training uh, for kids, uh, kind of working on one-on-one skills or uh, dribbling, ball handling, uh, shooting, kind of uh, more on like an individual level. Um, so that's been a, a good uh, another way for me to stay connected with basketball there. Your name is Sam Sisley, but do you have a performance name? Yeah, so I go by Sizzler when I'm performing. It's kind of a play on my last name. Uh, that name actually came from uh, a bunch of guys that used to play at a park in England. We used to play outside a lot uh, because uh, we couldn't get to gym time, you know. So we played in the rain. We played outside. Uh, and so I was a, a kid and plucked up the courage to go play with uh, the older guys there. And uh, they asked my name, told him it was Sam Sisley, and then uh, kind of went from there. They gave me the nickname Sizzler, and it's kind of followed me till now. Very good. You must have been a hot shooter. Yeah, yep, man dribbler was the main thing, yep. <laughs> That's good stuff right there. Yep. One of the themes of the Sports and Spirituality Show is celebrating people who use whatever platform they have been given or that they have worked to achieve and to use that platform to point people to Jesus and to use it as a way to communicate truths in people's lives. Let's face it, we live in a visually stimulated world, and when they see something cool, uh, they get attracted to that, they get connected, and then it's the hook that can be used to point them to the most important thing in life, and that is uh, their spiritual experience. So we applaud you and your wisdom in taking this basketball opportunity and building a platform that can be used to challenge and encourage and celebrate others as well. 
Yeah, yeah, that's been um, a real big part of uh, doing these bull handling shows has been uh, sharing my Christian faith. Um, actually, I wouldn't have considered myself a Christian before I came to Ohio. Uh, as I went to Harvest Prep there in Canal, uh, I learned some important things. God loves me, and God created me. God has this beautiful plan for my life. And the cool thing is that God doesn't love me more when I do good things, and God doesn't love me less when I mess up, because I definitely mess up, right? Um, and so uh, God has this beautiful story that he wants me to live into. Uh, he sent his son to die for me so I can step back into that story. And uh, I've really been able to use basketball as a, a way to tell other people about that love that God has for us. Um, so I started doing that uh, in my senior year of college. Uh, I didn't actually play my senior year of college. Uh, I started traveling and uh, using basketball there uh, to share my faith. Um, and so uh, that's been a, a real good uh, way to do that. Um, I've kind of got a few different messages. Sometimes I share kind of my own faith story there, like what people would maybe call a testimony or uh, something like that. Um, and then uh, for non-Christian audiences or just secular audiences, uh, uh, I might share about uh, finding your passion or uh, what do you do when your plans don't work out the way that you think they're supposed to. Um, or uh, maybe a youth group where I share about uh, using whatever God is, whatever talents God has blessed them with. And so, uh, you know, I don't think people would think, uh, oh, dribbling four balcones at the same time is a great way to share about God. But I do exactly that, right? So uh, it's kind of cool to share with youth about uh, whatever God has blessed them with talent-wise. Uh, they can use that to uh, share the love of God with other people. So uh, that's been a good a good way for me to do that. Wise use of your time and energy and skill to point people to Jesus. How did your family handle the uh, newfound spiritual journey that you are on? Yeah, uh, they're happy for me. Um, yeah, uh, I, we didn't have a lot of experience with church uh, growing up. Um, I just remember one small experience with church. Uh, when I was a kid, uh, my little sister passed away from uh, SIDS, or we call it caught death in England. And uh, one of the only people that uh, reached out during that time was a real small little local Methodist church. And uh, I kind of remember going there just a few times. I don't even know how many times we went there, uh, but just planted a small seed in my mind that uh, there's people that care about other people on that level, uh, even though they didn't know us, you know, they didn't know my family. Um, but uh, reached out in a time that was uh, hard for our family. And so uh, that kind of created a seed for us, uh, for me especially, um, to kind of grow in my faith as I was presented with that opportunity when I came here. Yes, so, yeah. uh, there's been uh, talk of uh, looking for opportunities when people are most receptive to the gospel. And, and sadly, in times of tragedy, we start thinking about our own mortality and uh, the challenges we're going through and of all the things that we can resist in the world the one thing we can't resist is somebody loving us especially in the name of Jesus and when these difficult times come it's moments of receptivity and we can use those moments to point people to the God that heals and helps us through grieving processes and other challenges of life and so kudos to that little Methodist church for yeah. seizing the yeah. opportunity to help the Sicily family as they were going through a struggle. 
Yeah, yeah, that was great. Uh, good example of love God and love your neighbor, and uh, that was it. You know, and there was no ulterior motive. No, uh, we want you to come to this. We want you to be part of this. Just a uh, love, love for God and love for neighbors when they're hurting, and uh, that was good. A good example of that for us. No question about that. And then uh, you're growing your own children uh, to be followers of Jesus and uh, know about Christ. How has that challenge been? Good. Um, yes, yeah, so we're uh, currently attending a Presbyterian church uh, in Columbus there. I uh, met the pastor at a wedding and uh, kind of connected with him. And uh, that's been a good place for uh, our children to learn and grow and uh, listen to Scripture and learn how to live out their faith. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's been a, a big part. Uh, another big part is definitely just, uh, trying to set an example. I'm sure I messed it up a lot. Um, but hopefully my kids can see and, uh, see me and my wife, uh, trying to live out our faith as best as we can, you know? Yes. Uh, they say that more things are caught than taught. So I think setting an example uh, is absolutely uh, the way to go. Uh, yes, we are to teach our children, but I think showing our children is probably a more effective tool, and you and your wife are doing a wonderful job of that. So what's next in uh, the Sam Sicily life? Well, uh, I've, as I said earlier, I just moved into special education and teaching. Uh, last year was my first year of that. Um, so really just want to continue to grow uh, in that area as I'm kind of working with those students. Um, we travel back to England a lot, um, just kind of adjusting to the new baby there and uh, continuing to kind of work on the things that we've been working on over the past few years. That's good stuff right there. Folks would like you to come and uh, show your special skill and also to share a message of encouragement um, or a spiritual lesson as well. How can folks get a hold of you? Yeah, probably the best way uh, would be my website. It's sizzlabasketballonline.com. Sizzler, so S-I-Z-Z-L-A. So sizzlabasketballonline.com. Uh, you can see videos and testimonials and uh, contact information there uh, on the website. Yes, uh, you already know this, but I'm one of the pastors at X Church in Canal Winchester, and we recently had uh, what we call our XO Week, where we give hugs and kisses to the community. We're trying to love our neighbor as ourselves, as Jesus challenged us to do, and we had lots of different projects, but one of them was an event down at Asheville Estates in uh, uh, the area close to where you live, and you very graciously came over and did a little performance for uh, the young men and young ladies there. We really appreciate your heart to do that and show your special skill on a brand new basketball court that was poured there recently. Oh, yeah, that was a wonderful experience. I uh, loved hanging out with the kids, uh, eating ice cream, and hanging out and showing them some of my basketball tricks. Uh, a couple of the students there uh, go to my school where I teach also, so that was kind of cool, uh, connecting with them on a, a different level, too. Uh, that was a great event uh, put on by the church uh, to show uh, love in that community there. That was great. You mentioned to me off the air that one of the other guys uh, on the, this Sports and Spirituality Show podcast, a guy named Chad McKnight, who is from Lancaster, uh, played at Moorhead State there in Kentucky, ended up playing over in uh, England and Germany and other places, that you actually ran into him uh, when uh, he was in England. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, but that's a cool story. Uh, I don't know him real well, but... Uh, 
Yeah, my friend was trying out for uh, the Guilford Heat, which is a professional team there in England uh, that Chad uh, played for. And I heard his American accent. And uh, I said, oh, where are you from? And he said, Lancaster, Ohio. And I was like, wait, what? I was like, I live in 20 minutes away from there. And uh, I knew uh, he was a real good player, uh, one of the best players to play in England. Uh, he had a long, good career there at the Guilford Heat. So real good player and uh, now a really good coach. Uh, yeah, for sure. But uh, they tell me the world is shrinking, and you've definitely experienced that, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah it's a small world for sure. It, it certainly is. And um, I believe his brother is coaching a semi-professional team. Have you thought about trying out for the Lancaster Thunder? Oh, I don't know. Not anymore. I think I'm about 20 pounds too heavy now. <laughs> oh, Father Time's yeah. undefeated. He gets us all, doesn't he? Yeah, there you go. Yep, yep. I like to play for fun still, but uh, yeah, I'm more of a YMCA guy now. <laughs> there you go. He's uh, uh, yeah, yeah. he's doing a little pickup basketball and uh, yeah, yep. he's being a weekend heard, warrior. Right? Yeah, I've heard he's doing a good job coaching that too. That's great stuff right there. Well, Sam Sisley, thanks for coming on the Sports and Spirituality Show. Thank you for sharing a little bit about your life, uh, your faith. Uh, Thank you for your willingness to use your gifts to be a blessing to other people and point them on the path of righteousness and growth and health. Congratulations on your soon-to-be-born son. We trust the Lord's blessing on you, your family, and your work in the area of basketball. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. A really cool concept, uh, combining sports and spirituality. Uh, That's amazing. So uh, thanks for having me on. Uh, You are welcome. You are doing both of those things with your life, and that's why we were so excited to have you on. That's Sam Sicily. So, Kelsey, what did you think about what Sam had to say about, uh, you know, his love for God and, and basketball? I love how he uses basketball as a tool to share his love for God. And I love that he uses this gift and skills that God gave him um, as a platform, which is the theme we've talked about through many of our episodes. We have. And um, I think it sounds like he does that really well in kind of in a unique way. So I thought it was really cool to hear his story and um, really cool, honestly, to listen to his accent. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I appreciate him taking the time to share with us. Yeah, really. It was very kind of him uh, to come on the program as, I believe, our first international guest. Well, that's going to wrap up episode 89 of the Sports and Spirituality Show. Are you excited about episode 90? Sure. In what way are you excited about it? Because we're 10 shows away from you rapping? On, uh, on the podcast? Nope. Huh? Still have not it? ever made the commitment oh, that I would do that. come on. Um, I, I want this to grow on you. Sure. I like the number 90. It sounds cool. Does it sound cool? Yeah. All right. It's getting closer to your age. <laughs> <coughs> you were telling me off the air about uh, some things uh, uh, that clearly indicate you're getting older. Yeah, clearly. Yeah. So uh, you're one step closer to 90, and so are we with the finishing of episode 89. That's true. But if I'm one step closer to 90, then you're her. You sound like my wife. Every time I mention that, you know, how old she is, she's like, you're older than me. Um, And so, yeah. You're doing it to yourself. She doesn't need to make it about me. I'm trying to make this about you. That's so kind of you. It is. So just receive the kindness. What do you say? All right. (laughs) Whatever you say, Steve. All righty. Well, thanks for being on episode 89. I'll look forward to you being here for episode 90. Great. Excellent. Uh, And a special thank you to our friends, 
Greg and Mitch Price of Price Custom Homes for sponsoring the Sports and Spirituality Show. You can get more information by going to their website, pricecustomhomes.com. They can help you from beginning, middle, and end of the building process, and we so appreciate their sponsorship of this podcast. For Kelsey Bull, I'm Steve Rao saying thank you for listening to episode 89. A special thank you to Sam Sisley for being our guest on this program, and we look forward to joining you for episode 90 of The Sass.